Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is Cheats with the Cheats Movement, and we are here on WRIR. This is episode two, Storm is Coming. We can call it that in honor of Stormy Daniels. I'm joined, as always, by Gigi Broadway. Gigi, how you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. The weather is now reflecting what it should be it was snowing last week just last week but now it's going to be 80 degrees this week (laughs) are you concerned at all that the end of the world is coming i'm definitely concerned the signs are here i think so i'm looking for an underground bunker if anyone knows of one please let me know it was snowing last week it's 80 degrees this week and a movie that stars black people is the leading movie in the country of all time Right now, yeah. So, does that is that the apocalypse? It is, and I don't even know if that was really snow. Did you hear like they were burning it? It was turning plastic. I don't know. It, it might be the end of the world. Gigi Broadway, it's time for our favorite part of this show, and how we always open off every show. It is we see it and we don't, or we don't see it. So this yes. is we see it or we don't see it. First and foremost, let me thank our sponsor, eight hundred four RVA, and yes. I also want to thank you, all of the listeners. Episode two or episode one? Episode one is now going over about 300 plays on digital world right now and Mm -hmm. we're very excited about that please keep your emails coming please keep your comments coming any questions that you have about the show any comments you have for Gigi? like last week we heard quite a bit of Gigi's rihanna comments everyone was disappointed in you but uh the world is now in a better place so if you still have more to say about Gigi's hating on rihanna please email the cheats movement at gmail.com because that is a thing. Gigi, do you want to apologize? Before we go any further, let's just start by saying, Gigi, do you want to apologize to Rihanna? Absolutely not. I don't understand. Not the world all. doesn't understand. Some things we just won't understand. But one thing we will know is she will never get an apology from me. Well, I will tell you this. Shout out to my brother, Mike Cheatham, who just had a birthday. Uh, Mike contacted me and was very concerned about <laughs> Gigi's hate of Rihanna, and so was a bunch of other people. Just letting you know. And let me let me go into asking this this question this way. Please don't put me out there like that. I am gonna do that. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm gonna do. Gigi Broadway. It's been record breaking weeks and months. Have you seen Black Panther yet? <clears throat> I, I've seen um, previews. I've seen we're gonna clips take, and we're trailers. gonna take that as a no. No, I have. I, I still haven't. So not only, uh, mm-hmm. not only did you let us all down about the Rihanna situation, <laughs> you still haven't seen Black Panther. Uh, I don't know where else to go with this, so I'm just gonna go right into it. We see it or we don't see it. Are you ready? Do I have a choice? You don't have a choice. Okay. And we're gonna lead with the one and only Storm of the Nation, Stormy Daniels on 60 Minutes. Stormy Daniels appeared. For those that did not follow or is not following or do not care, Stormy Daniels, a former adult. Uh, film star i think she still works in the industry a little bit was on 60 minutes with anderson cooper first of all shout out to anderson cooper for coming and doing the confederate uh the confederate 60 minute piece here in richmond and louisiana and some other places and you followed that up with none other than stormy daniels (laughs) Gigi broadway did you see the 60 minute piece do we see stormy daniels on 60 minutes or do we care i didn't see it i somewhat care but I don't know if I care for the right reasons. Um, I, I'm just trying to understand if it was um, worthy of being the highest rated 60 minute 
episode in almost a decade. Was it the highest rated 16 The episode? highest what? rated really? episode in almost a really? decade. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. That is crazy. It's disturbing to say. I mean, I feel like it, it could be more or better episodes or things to cover. You would think. What is the? My question is, and here's the thing. What is the story? Right? What is the story that is the story that the president of the United States has bad character? Did we did we know like do we not know? Like is that kidding? Are we kidding anyone that Donald President Donald J. Trump doesn't have a good moral character? Do we not know this before he got elected into office? Like that's what I'm trying to figure out. So what is the story? Right? Mm-hmm. Really, it's not a surprise to anybody, allegedly. Are you surprised? Like, listeners, are you surprised? Email me if you're surprised that President Trump had affairs. I would like to know who's surprised by that. That would be an interesting one. I would. So do you see this story? Is this something that should be gripping the American conscious? Apparently it is. I, I don't know how. Apparently it is. People are seeing it. It's the highest rate. People are seeing it. So I don't know. It, it's I, I don't even know. It, apparently now she's suing Trump's lawyer. It's just getting worse. I, I just don't. I, I don't know what else to say about it. Well, that's enough for us to say about it. We will move on from the storm that is Stormy Daniels on 60 Minutes. Stormy. Next thing we want to bring up. Uh, I don't know if you follow this, but it was a big thing in our culture. DJ Envy versus Disa Samiro. If you are not familiar with the number one morning show in the country, The Breakfast Club, that is hosted by DJ Envy. Angelie, Charlemagne the God, and what I thought was their friends. I really thought the Breakfast Club and Desus Samiro were friends. Desus Samiro has is if you're if if Breakfast Club is the number one show morning show in the nation, Desus Samiro has to be like on the hot meter, right? 2017, 2018, they have went from podcasting to their late night show on Vice. They're all over the internet. I mean, they are could be some of the hottest, you know what I mean, They're, with the with the rocket going up, right? Yeah. Desus and Miro is, is just really doing it big. And they visited the Breakfast Club. Did you see this? They visited the Breakfast Club. Yep. DJ Envy had what most people are just calling a fit, right? Fit tantrum. Forced him to apologize for comments that they had made about his, that he made about his wife, like a very small yeah. side comment. It was actually factual, but we're not very factual. <laughs> no, that that envy bought on himself. Let's talk about let's let's talk about it because okay. I do see this. I do see this. I do. Uh, envy bought it on himself. Then he forced them to apologize because his wife felt a certain type of way, mm-hmm. and then it became literally a week long plus thing of Jesus and Meryl just flaming DJ Envy the whole time. Yeah. Now in this story, you're familiar with the story. For those that aren't familiar with the story. You know, several years ago now, DJ Envy uh, cheated on his wife with Erica Mena and some other reality TV show stars. I think it was Erica Mena was the main one. Yeah. Erica Mena was the one that he got caught. She was the one. Yep. Right. So then DJ Envy and his wife now have reconciled. They have a podcast. They really preach family values. Mm-hmm. So Jesus and Meryl were making a comment on their show about DJ Envy and his wife. Envy took offense to it. They come to the Breakfast Club. Envy has a tantrum. And and walks out like he actually walks out of the show, and then they just flame him all week. What Gigi probably? What are your thoughts on the whole envy Jesus and Meryl type thing? I feel like it was a bit. I don't want to say hypocritical. It, it was it was entertaining. I will say that it was entertaining. Um, I have mixed feelings about it because at the end of the day, 
you know, being in media and having family issues kind of being put on front street is, is a sensitive subject for, you know, for anybody. So for um, Deces and Merrill to make fun of it, it, it could be sensitive, but the way that uh, DJ Envy reacted was just totally like tantrum. It was, it was, a, it was a tantrum. It was a grown man tantrum live on air. I think it was a tantrum. I felt like the jab was a very light jab. I also feel there's a whole bunch of layers to this, but if one, there's a way that you react if you are friends, right? If you're friends mm-hmm. and Jesus and Meryl hurt your feelings, mm-hmm. you have a phone. You know, if not yourself, Charlemagne, Angelie, somebody can get Deces and Mer- They're literally on the breakfast. They were on the breakfast club probably every two, three months on their rise up right before the Vice show. They were. That's one of the reasons why they're famous is because of their breakfast show appearances, mm-hmm. breakfast club show appearances. So you know you can get in contact with them. So if you're that offended and your wife's that offended, wouldn't you just kind of call them and try to hash it out? You would think so. Yeah. That's my that's my first thing. The other thing is DJ Envy bought this on himself by him committing the act of infidelity that really bought the whole thing. And then not only that, if they had said, okay, we he cheated on his wife. We've moved past it as a family. We've gotten it together. We just want to move on. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Not only did they do that, they made a podcast that focuses on relationships in their relationship. So it has to come up. That's true. And I don't they think were on the radio. Have to jo- yeah, I was like, I don't know if you have to quote unquote joke about it, but it has to come up. And so he's saying he doesn't like people talking about something that they make a living talking about. Yeah. Not only to mention the, hypocr- the hypocrisy of them flaming every human being known to man for whatever he's on the breakfast club and then you know when someone says something about dj envy he has to deal with it it's a problem yeah i just think that that's tough i mean it's tough that's that's my read of the situation that i think envy overreacted now here's the other thing though Deces and meryl did on the show say hey look i didn't know you felt that way if you really feel that way my bad yeah but then they went back and flamed for an entire week i think that's a bit much I think, you know, they were talking about bringing Erica Mena on the show. They had a whole bunch of, like, that, I think that is a bit much. They should have just let it die. Nah, uh, nah, he opened the door now. That's no whole thing. See, that's like, that's the difference between me and you, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) That is the official difference between me and Gigi Broadway. I will be glad to just move on. Gigi Broadway, how do you feel about moving on? I ain't. I hold a grudge. I do it well, and I I will beat that horse until I I can't. You know? I don't know. Last words on this, Gigi Broadway. More power to them. Yeah. Much success to them both, too. Yeah. Much Jesus success. and Merle is not going to slow down anytime soon. But it's also, know who you're in the ring with because Jesus uh, d- and Merle literally did. They went back to their show that night. Like, it's one thing for you to have a platform, but they have a platform, too. Yeah. And they went back on that platform and flamed in. It's a ratings grab. It's perfect. And please keep that same energy. I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for it. All right, Gigi Bro, what do you got? All right, so are we gonna get into um, we gonna get into who bit Beyonce cheats? I mean, you know, it's a question. I don't think we need to get into. It's a question. Are you not curious? Cheats, no. you mean to tell me you're not curious the, one iota? No, I'm gonna tell you the only thing I'm interested in about this whole Beyonce story okay. is Beyonce's rules around privacy, right? Because the Tiffany Haddish thing came up. 
in regards to Tiffany Haddish telling the story about Beyonce. And mm-hmm. Beyonce obviously did not like that. Uh, when did Beyonce become like Secret Service? Like, I know Beyonce can do no, don't get before, look, before y'all start emailing Gigi Broadway. Because you're going to email Gigi Broadway. I'm, I am a Beehive member, I am Team Beyonce. But I never knew when Beyonce elevated to the level of like not even normal fame, right? She's like, and I'm talking about in regards to privacy, like, you, is it like you can't look at Beyonce? Is it like you can't report yeah. a story on Beyonce? Can you not? Like high five Beyonce. Like Beyonce is way more secretive than like say Michelle Obama. Yeah. Uh, so what? Like I don't understand that level of secrecy. When did that start? I have no idea. I would probably say right around the time where she's. What was that? On the run? No. Probably. I don't know. Probably right when her and Jay got married. I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like Jay is more. I feel like Jay is more accessible. Hove is more accessible than Beyonce. I feel like Hove does more. Hove did Van Jones. (laughs) Like, (laughs) when was the last time Beyonce did like any type of sit down? Well, you know why? Because she's not an eloquent speaker for one. Um, okay. See, oh, you know uh, what? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not gonna go there. I'm Email Gigi Broad. <laughs> attention, Gigi Broadway. I'm not a hater, y'all. On I'm the just, Cheats you know, Movement at Gmail. Do not email me about I just have Gigi Broadway's comments about other successful, <laughs> glorious queen women. Period. <laughs> I love. But that love is that women. is a question. Is is she too secretive? Like, is that gonna in in the long run? It seems to be serving her well. I mean. They're over a billion dollars, right, as a couple, so they're fine. Yeah. I, I always feel like an air of mystery is good for an artist, especially someone of that magnitude. It's just better. Like, I, I really have a disdain for someone who exposes too much of themselves. Leave a little mystery. But I think she might just leave a little bit too much She mystery. goes too far. You know what I mean? It's she just goes like, too she far. She leaves us to ponder and make up stuff. I, I want to know who bit her, though. I, I really do. Oh, you know what? I think we'll find out in time. Who unless, got that close? Unless... Beyonce has like President Trump NDAs. <laughs> oh, and she she does. She I, might I know that. She might. She has to. Let me ask you this: Do we see 2018 Afropunk? Afropunk is the concert started years ago as a, a, a celebration of African Americans in the punk scene and in punk music. Over years, and you hear this every year about Afropunk that it's gotten too commercial, too many sponsors, acts that don't have any ties or roots to Afropunk. They've announced two concerts this year in Fort Greene, Brooklyn, and Atlanta. Headlining the Brooklyn show, Erica Badu, Tyler the Creator, Miguel, and Janelle Monet. Headlining the California, no, the Atlanta show, Nerd, The Internet, Wicked, Wicked Wisdom, Benjamin Booker, No Name, um, and some others. Are we seeing Afropunk in 2018 as, as corporate as it will be? Two shows, the acts that we named. Is it is it something that you're fe- you're seeing you're feeling something you want to be a part of? I have mixed feelings. Let let's go. Okay, so it started how like okay, so grassroots definitely grassroots, definitely underground, definitely a celebration of African Americans in the punk scene. Much more of a you know punk vibe with punk bands. Alternative. It was definitely alternative, and there are people that fit. I think Erica Badu fits. Did you see Miguel? Miguel is on the lineup. Tyler, the creator, is on the lineup. Now Tyler's good, but Miguel, what, what what's punk? I, Janelle Monae. I love Janelle Monae. She can do no wrong in my eyes. Yeah. But 
like I hate to, I mean, I'm not even hate to say. I feel like looking at the lineup, people like Jaded, like Jamila Woods now fits the 2018 Afropunk. Jaden Smith, Willow Smith, they fit. Erica Badu fits. Nerd fits, right? I just don't know if. Yeah, you're right. Miguel is and Tyler Creator might be the ones that stand out to me as like. I like Tyler for that though. Yeah, you. So there you go. That might work for you. So Miguel is like the only one. I don't think it's gone too far from the essence, but I can kind of see where they're going and their thoughts that it might start going that way. But how can you get better if you don't get better? You know what, what I mean? Does, what does evolution look like when yeah. it comes to Afropunk in 2018? That's the question. That's the question. We'll have to let the audience chime in on that. Yeah, has, they got to email because I want to Email know. us. Has 2018 Afropunk gone too far? Email the Cheats Movement. Again, attention Gigi Broadway <laughs> for any hateful email. You can attention <laughs> me on anything you like. Uh, let's go into something serious. Unfortunately, we do have to talk about. Uh, it seems like we're doing this way, way too often. But there's just no way around it. Uh, another unarmed black man was shot. Uh, I believe it was in Sacramento, Stephen Clark, mm. after a police pursuit. He was in his, I want to say his grandmother's backyard, yeah. shot and killed by police. Um, they found out that when someone yelled gun, it was a cell phone. <laughs> uh, it wasn't a gun. And, you know, they've taken to the streets in Sacramento. They've lined up and blocked out the um, Sacramento Kings NBA basketball stadium, and they've delayed games. The Sacramento Kings, to their credit, has made – uh, you know, comments post game um, in regards to these. Sacramento has an African American police chief. I think the first time ever, and he said, I think the attorney general. They're giving the attorney general the full kind of authority to investigate. This happens too often. We know this. Uh, this is just another example of you know a police shooting or excessive force when someone didn't have a didn't have a weapon. How do we? As like, how do we come to some type of understanding of this? How do we process this, Gigi? This is rough, man. Did you see the video? I didn't. I, I saw that there was like a camera dash cam, yeah. and then there was um, uh, audio. You know, yeah. Uh, so there's dash cam and there was audio. I didn't want to see it. I mean, I I feel like now I I do view these things differently as a parent of a boy. Yeah. Um, so I didn't want to see it, but I know the story. I've seen what, you know, the, the, the protest again mm -hmm. in the streets again, asking for justice again. And unfortunately we can tie this into Alton Sterling in the sense that, you know, they just came out uh, a couple, you know, yesterday or the day before and said those cops that we can just call it, I would say murder yeah. or killed. I would say murder Alton Sterling are not going to be facing charges, right? They're not, they're, that they came out that they're not going to prosecute those police officers. And it just makes it, I think it makes it difficult all the way around. I think it makes it difficult for good police officers doing their job. Right. I think it makes it difficult for the community to process. Mm -hmm. And we have to, like, we have to figure this out, you know, as a community, as a black community, but as a community in the United States of America, we have to figure this out. And I don't know how we go about doing that. I know, I saw the video yesterday and it just screamed, it screamed that police need more training. I, and I don't wanna take anything away from our good qualified officers, but the video, it just screamed like, it, 
it was a shoot first, ask questions last scenario, in my opinion. It just screamed that the police did not really know how to handle that situation from the beginning or from the part that was visible to the end. It was just bad. And I don't know. I don't know what you do because it's like I talk to me and my family. My wife talk about this all the time, and I've actually told her I could never be a police officer. Never. I could never. No. No. And it's. And it, I'm not even trying to be funny. It's. The pressure that those guys feel literally every time they put on the uniform it could be their last time putting on the uniform. So there is a level, whether they want to admit it or not, mm -hmm. there is a level of fear into that job. There is a level of fear for maybe people not in a certain community that have to patrol a community. Yeah. And, and, and so as easy as it is to make it a white black thing, and there is a, a strong racial element to this mm -hmm. but if i was a cop tomorrow and i had to go into one of richmond's courts that i'm not familiar with and police that beat yeah. without knowing it there would be you know a heightened level of anxiety whether it was um you know an inner city or whether it was just a place i didn't know That's right true. and and so they're not making this a defense of bad actors because there are a lot of bad actors acting badly yeah it's just maybe you know, I hate to say it, maybe not everybody's fitted to be a police officer. That's true. And it makes it, and, and when we tie it into what we were just talking about last week with schools, right? Talking about arming teachers. <laughs> Think about that. Think about arming teachers. So we've got people that have got training, probably military training, excessive training that know how to use firearms, yeah. right? Not using them appropriately. Now you're talking about somebody maybe after a six-week, four-week class giving them a certificate and telling them to go into a school environment with a gun. With our kids. It's crazy. It's beyond logic to me, right? It's, it's insane crazy. to me that you would think that that's an acceptable method. So, uh, so I don't want to lose track because, like I said, we are still dealing with, you know, excessive force by police officers we're dealing with bad police officers we're dealing with bad policies we're dealing with bad enforcement of policies and yeah. we're dealing with black and brown children unarmed being killed uh by law enforcement mm -hmm. what how do we rectify like how do we come to some type of future as parents even as parents how do we do that it's crazy as you were talking i was, I was thinking it seems to me that our police officers need to be a lot more involved in our community because, you know, fear of the unknown is, is big. And from what I'm seeing, it, it's kind of like a common thread amongst a lot of these incidences where the police officers are scared and you can tell they're scared. But I feel like if we put more of the humanity aspect back into it and if officers had a better relationship with the community and started seeing our black and brown people as people instead of just subjects or criminals i think that may be a start definitely a start definitely a start and and again because this is such a touchy subject and people go back and forth about this i we all understand that there are good police officers in the world definitely we just have to acknowledge as well is that there are also bad police officers in the world yeah and so i think it gets really caught up whether it's on you're on this side or you're on that side uh again you can be for uh law you can be for law enforcement and be against you know abuse of law enforcement right, right? you can be hopefully that police protect and serve and not abuse their uh privileges or shoot 
you know, unarmed people and things of that nature. And so I, I do take, you know, I, I always take offense to people that are like, oh, well, you, you just got to be one or the other. You don't have to be one or the other yeah, in don't. this scenario. With that said, we got to say, before look, before we move on and we lighten it up, we do have to say, you know, one of the largest displays of democracy happened last weekend with the March of Our Lives all over the country here in Richmond, several, you know, several hundred to thousands of people, right? I was there. Cam was there. My three, I took my three-year-old there. He is a freedom fighter in a di- on a different level because he literally just wanted to roll down the hill of the Capitol. <laughs> so if anybody checks my Instagram page, you'll see him, you know, protesting for school safety, but also rolling down the hill. <laughs> um, but with that said, D.C., amazing display, just a large display in D.C. Every major city across the country seemed to have protest. And it was for, you know, this encouragement that are led by students. Don't get me wrong. They're led by young people. Uh, if you didn't see, I can't remember her name. Wal- I want to say Walder. Waller. Young, 11, I want to say 11-year-old African-American girl, Alexandria, Virginia, gave one of the best speeches in D.C. that was there. If you haven't checked this young girl out, I will make sure that I post her name uh, somewhere in the uh, bio of the podcast. But it's just really young people taking action on their own and hopefully law enforcement, not even law enforcement, but elected officials, right? Hopefully elected officials will react to the leadership of our youth. So the only thing I can say about it, Gigi, it was an amazing display much of our lives last weekend. I can't believe it. I, I just hope they just don't take the guns away. I'm sorry. I just, I need, I <sighs> It's a, it's a touchy subject because, I don't know, man. The Second talk, Amendment, I, I, I need that to be upheld. Like, talk to me. Seriously. Talk to me, Killer Mike. Let I mean. Me, let me know how. I'm so. For, that's another story we didn't get to. Killer Mike and the NRA was a yes. huge thing. But talk to me, Killer Mike. Tell Because I, I, I understand what you're saying. But as oh, tell, you tell me. Do you need, as a gun owner, right, in our, I don't know if you're an NRA member, but as a gun owner, do you need, you know, automatic weapons? Do you need these type of assault military style weapons in your home? Like, that's that's the thing that gets me. Do we, are you, like, opposed to background checks? Like, what, where, where can we find some middle ground here? I'm not opposed to background checks or more strenuous laws to getting a gun. But I am opposed to blocking our right to be able to own a gun, whether it be a semi-automatic, whether it be a bazooka, or I don't. Why do you need a bazooka, Gigi? Bro, look outside of <laughs> outside of your rhetoric that gets you all your DMs. <laughs> why do you need a bazooka? That I don't understand. You will never be able to sell me that. You will never be able to sell me on the fact that you need a bazooka to go. I don't know hunting. Well, or just to have. I'm pretty sure I can't sell you on the idea of martial <laughs> law either, but that's in the back of my True. mind. You True. know what I mean? Because if we, what's a handgun to a semi-automatic? And when I see, and maybe it's just the conspiracy theorist in me, but I picture the Holocaust. I picture if martial law does happen and we have militarized police officers or whatever the Homeland Security is drumming up here, to handle whatever things that may happen i want a weapon that's going to be able to protect me from whatever may 
come forth from martial law or anything of that nature. I'm just saying. Well, we're just gonna we're gonna have to leave it at that. <laughs> On this episode, we see it. Gigi Broadway. We have so many questions. Feel free to email the email the show. Uh, movement at gmail.com again all your hate emails at G- attention gg broadway i will take any of the other ones <laughs> um we will move on we have a wonderful wonderful special guest this saturday is the home opener of the richmond rough riders that is our Woo! arena football team here in richmond they are the defending champions they are loaded with talent we have coach moot coming up little disclaimer the interview was taken at the practice facility during a very uh, active time, if you will. There was a lot going on, so the audio may not be exactly what we want it to be. So we apologize for that in advance. But we are establishing, I think, a really positive relationship with the Richmond Rough Riders. Coach Mook is an amazing individual. They, As you know, Jim Jones of Dipset, one of Gigi's favorite bands of all time. Groups, one of their favorite hip hop groups of all time, and one of my one of my most influential groups. When was the Dipset run? What years were the Dipset run? They were the, one of the most influential. Forever, the run is forever. The run is the run. Is, stop it. The run is not forever. Uh, but Jim Jones is an owner of the Richmond Rough Riders. They have D one talent all over their roster. They have former NFL talent. Uh, we're going to get into the team, the football side with Coach Mooks, but we're also going to get into the character side. He does some amazing work in the community with uh, Henrico County. He is uh, running a program called the Dream Program out at Hungry Creek Middle School. So we're going to get into all of that and a little bit with Coach Mook as we come back. This is the Chiefs Movement on WRRR, brought to you by 804RVA. We see it. We see it. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is Cheats. We are on location at the practice of the Richmond Rough Riders. I am joined by a very special guest for this edition of the podcast, Coach Mook. Coach, how you feeling? I'm doing well, man. I'm excited to be here, man. Thank you guys for coming and hanging out with us on today. Well, let me let me even start. Let me look. Let me even correct how I started this because it is the reigning defending championship <laughs> Richmond Rough Riders, and I want to make sure that people know that we have a champion here in Richmond. Yes, sir. Uh, you're going into. You're already one and zero. You're going into your home opener on Saturday. Tell me a little bit before we get into the kind of the nuts and bolts of indoor football in, in your journey. Tell us a little bit about the team, how it came together, how you got named as the head coach. Uh, and tell us a little bit about your background. Oh, okay. So, um, well, again, we're the Richmond Rough Riders. Um, uh, ownership is Greg Fenario and uh, um, Jim Jones. And um, what happens is it was a, a Philadelphia native uh, wanted to have a team, and um, he wanted to put it in Richmond. He chose Richmond, and um, uh, I heard through the grapevine that it was a team coming to Richmond, a professional team, and I wanted to – Either coach or play, and okay. uh, okay. yeah, either coach or play, and um, and uh, when I sat down with the interview for him, uh, we just clicked right away, and um, it was a great interview, I thought, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and what was also funny, he told me that he was going to call me back that following Thursday, and um, that following Thursday, I called him because he didn't call me, and. Uh, I go, uh, hey, Greg, did you come up with some kind of, um, 
I said, did you come up with some kind of solution or what you want to do, which, which way you're going with your head coach? He said, nah, I don't know. I'll call you. So he hung up the phone, and I'm like, oh. I was completely nervous. And then he called me back that Friday and told me I got the job. So, Well, well let me back up for one second because you said something really important. You said you either wanted to coach or you wanted to play. Now, you're young. You're, you're, look, I'm looking at you. You're not that old now. You look like you can still suit right, him up. Right, right. So when you went into talking to the organization, were you were you looking to be a player or did you already have coaching aspirations? Well, I had coaching aspirations because um, the year before, I was actually the uh, head coach for the Buffalo Lightning up in Buffalo. Okay. And um, so moving down here to Richmond, uh, uh, I, I still wanted to play. I still had the itch. But um, I figured if I got the head coaching job, that was something I wanted to do long term. So if the head coaching job fell in my lap, that's the only thing that could have set me down. So I still get the urge every day in practice. To, you look uh, good. You yeah. look like, like for people that haven't seen you, Coach, you look like you can still thank get you. it up. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, you know, the guys pick on me, tell me I don't got it no more. So I got to show them that I can still run around a little bit. But, um, yeah. Uh, so, let's, so let's talk about the kind of the indoor game versus – what people know on NFL Sundays or Saturdays, kind of big-time college football. Um, what are some of the differences? Because you have a lot of talent on this team, a lot of D1 players, a lot of some some ex-pro players, and there is a difference between indoor football and outdoor football. What's the first thing that you have to get across to your team? Well, what you have to understand, the difference between one is 8-on-8 is eight eight instead of 11-on-11. Um, it's a 50-yard field instead of – of a hundred yard field, it is 33 yards wide, as well, and um, it's almost arena football is a game that is drawn up for the offense to score. You know, high flying, high scoring action. Um, there's a lot of rules in the arena game on defense. You know, linebackers could do certain things, um, uh, linemen could do certain things, and only having three defensive backs. Um, it's very difficult to do multiple coverages, so you just try to get creative in the back end and try to be successful that way. Um, and also on offense, uh, one wide receiver get a head start. Right, you can see see they're taking off from the deeper than the line of scrimmage, but they take off full speed. Speed, so um, we call that the high motion man. Um, he comes in high motion and he can come running full speed. Meanwhile, your defensive back is still staying flat-footed. So it's very difficult to cover. So you've mentioned it, a lot of scoring, right? A lot of offense, which makes probably for a fan-friendlier game. What should the fans expect Saturday in the Richmond Coliseum? What type of fan experience do the do the community get with the Richmond? Oh man, the community get the get the best experience. Get the best experience uh, because not only is it a football game, but it's a show. Um, it, it's like a good thing for um, you bring your family to. We'll get to Jim Jones soon enough, but, <laughs> but it's a show. You know, we'll get to Jim Jones soon enough. It's definitely a show, you know, um, with all the polytechnics and, uh, you know, um, the giveaways and all the um, activities they have on the field for um, the fans or what have you. I know last year they did chicken, um, chicken eating contests, pie eating contests, all kind of different things. That, so they have a lot of things to interact with the fans and to keep the fans um, alive throughout the game. That's great, and it sounds like a lot of fun, and it sounds like Richmond is suited for this type of experience. I mean, I, I think of what happens. We're going into the spring now, and it doesn't feel like it, but we're going into the spring. 
I think about what the fan experience that Richmonders get over at the Diamond with the Richmond Squirrels. You're telling me that this is something very similar, if not equal, you know, equally extravagant. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Yeah. So with the um, again, you know, the Flying Squirrels, uh, you know, we like them as well. We do some things. Uh, last year, I threw out the first pitch in one of the games. What have you? They invited us over. Very um, nice. Uh, uh, what the what the Flying Squirrel name? The uh, mascot. Nutsy, nutsy. Yeah, Nutsy, nutsy been yeah, over yeah. to a few games of ours. Nutsy come over. So, um, so that's dope. That's yes. dope that Richmond has been, seems to be receiving the Rough Riders very well. Let me ask you about the team because I mentioned uh, a little while ago you guys are loaded with D1, you know, Division One college football players. You're loaded with some ex-NFL players, some high-profile players. Um, talk to me about the level of talent that's not just on the Richmond Rough Riders but also – and the association, in the football league? Well, um, there is a lot of talent in this level because this level is almost like a stepping stone um, for uh, for college guys who's trying to move up and then for and then for uh, NFL guys who've been to the league and might got an injury or trying to work back. It's just a good stepping stone for certain guys. Um, the league is very competitive, uh, but here in Richmond, we have a we have a standard, a championship standard. Yeah, we have a, exactly a championship standard. So we have a certain standard, and it's a certain kind of athlete that we look for here in Richmond. And um, you know, uh, me and the ownership, uh, we sit down and spend time watching film. Um, we we travel from state to state. You know, we've been to Texas to see guys, Maryland. You know, we did a little. So you recruit the guys. Yes, okay. yeah, yes. So um, me and the ownership, and we just sit down and try to find the best guys who's going to be able to fit our standard and who's willing to play Rough Rider football. That's my next question. Describe to me what, what is Rough You mentioned it as you were breaking down practice. What is Rough Rider football? Rough Rider football is either. Rough Rider football is, um, it, is a certain standard. You got to, it, it's attitude. It's commitment. It is tradition. It's a brotherhood. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's a certain kind of criteria that we hold here. Um, we are willing to win. Whatever it takes to win, that's Rough Rider football. So if it's being unselfish, if it's, if, if it's you know, whatever you need to be successful, that's what we count on guys to do. And you mentioned being leaders, and that actually speaks to your character. Not only are you a head coach, but you are also a leader in your community. Yes, right. Yes, so... um. Yeah, I'm a Hungry Creek Middle School Behavior Prevention Specialist, and I was, um, as I was there, I got to sit down with Mr. Moose and kind of say, you know, I want to do something with the kids, some of the kids that, um, who has great potential but may need help or boost pulling the potential out of them. Um, um, some, uh, you know, some inner city youth kids, some, um, some, some kids who have a little bit trouble focusing on, uh, on the prize at hand. But, um, yeah, so what we do is it's pretty much a, a, it's a mentoring program. I got about 18 kids hand-selected. And um, what we do is we try to teach kids and, and, and give them give them the proper tools to be successful in everyday life. Like, so we do everything from table etiquette to, um, you know, uh, how to tie ties, um, um, being gentlemen, uh, uh, leadership. Uh. And that's a good point. This, and this is a program that's in... Hungry Creek Middle School. Is this a program that you've seen since you've been in there 
Uh, is that something that can translate to other schools? Are there versions of Dream at other schools? How does that work for Henrico County? There aren't any other versions that I know of of the Dream program, um, but that is something that I would love to kind of pursue. Expansion Getting the, yeah, that. yeah, yeah, expansion of that all over the county. I just think it's a good thing Mr. Moose found time for us during the course of the day to be able to um, get with the um, meet with my mentor kids and and just talk to them about everyday life um, and try to equip them with the tools to be successful. So let's let's ask because I'm gonna get hit if I don't ask in regards to when you talk about character. You've got um, obviously an owner that is. I'm a fan of his in regards to the dip set and the music and Jim Jones as well. Not a stranger to controversy or public opinions. You also have uh, former NFL uh, lineman Greg Hardy on the team, who is indeed, you. this would be considered probably his second or third chance if you're looking uh, in the public persona. So you have guys in the ownership and the guys in, on the team that probably needs that second or third chance, the one that you've often given to your middle school kids or, or even your pro athletes. Talk to me a little bit about how you work character into a situation that already is kind of, you got a lot of eyes on you, you know that. Well, the thing is, again, um, those are two great guys. You know, a lot of people uh, judge people off of what the media um, portray them to be or what the media want them to be or what have you. But um, you know, Jim and um, Jimmy J and and, and, and and I call him Gregory. Those are two fantastic guys with um, great with great minds. And if, if people just got a chance to sit down with them and pick their brain, man, you'll see these guys are just two smart, brilliant guys. And I'm not just saying it just to say it. I've done it. You know, I sat down with both of them, had conversations with both of them, and they're just you know, I mean, two great guys. And um, again. Uh, you know, um, I mean, we're all human. So, at the end of the day, I'm the, who is the next man to judge one? Well, like you were saying, the interesting part of that is you you explained you benefited probably from some second chances. I know I've benefited from second from second chances. I try to, when I'm talking to youth and leading others, I try to tell them what happened yesterday may not define your tomorrow. And so, with that said, it's still, you know, it, it's a high, look, it's a high, you guys probably have, not only are you the defending champions, you probably have some of the high, most profile people and personalities in the Rough Rider organization. You're the man steering the ship, if you will. And you've got a repeat, right? That's the goal. Right. So, uh, uh, how do you balance the dream program, working at Hungry Creek Middle School, leading young men, leading adult men? How do you balance yourself? <laughs> That's a fantastic question. <laughs> I tried, man. I went to my research. Man. That's a fantastic question. It is. Um, it is very difficult. You know, uh, I leave the house at about um seven seven fifteen in the morning, and I don't get back some days until ten fifteen, eleven o'clock at night, and um, it's just you know um. I said to myself a long time ago, I, I, I just want to put myself in a position to to help others and to um, see others be successful because someone did that to me. And um, I do a lot, but I don't look at any of them as being the actual job. 
is like a hobby to me. It's something I love to do. When I drive to Hungry Creek in the morning, I'm smiling. When I drive to practice right after I leave Hungry Creek, I'm smiling. You know, when I drive to my coaches meeting after practice, I'm smiling because I feel as though I'm making a difference. I feel as though that um, somebody took out the time to help me. So I'm just being that somebody. And we're going to have to leave it there, Coach Mook. Big game on Saturday night in the Richmond Coliseum. Best of luck to you and the team and the Richmond Rough Riders. Hopefully we'll be able to do this uh, throughout the season, but we look forward to uh, uh, a big, big win on Saturday. Sounds good, man. We're looking forward to all the fans coming out and the community coming out to check us out. Um, and we're going to go ahead and bring that W home for you. And, again, I'm going to leave you all with this. Dedication, responsibility, education, attitude, motivation. Richmond, don't forget to dream. And make sure you follow the Richmond Rough Riders on all their social media. They're on Instagram. They're on Twitter. Uh, we will be back, man. This is the Cheats Movement on WRR. We'll be back with our music picks. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. This is the Cheats Movement on WRR. We want to thank Coach Mook. We want to encourage everyone to go out Saturday night. Home opener, Richmond Rough Riders, Carolina Energy. Both teams are undefeated, so you make sure you check that out. Yes. As we wrap up the program, GG Broadway, it's time for our music picks. Ooh. This one is going to be a little bit personal. Okay. For those of you who don't, don't follow battle rap, GG Broadway is a battle rap aficionado i'm learning everything that i know about battle rap from her and some of my friends at another league <laughs> shout out southfall battle coalition um shout out loc as well gg broadway is a is a not only an aficionado but a co-owner last week or so like last over the last two weeks the video is up now but uh, basically, is what? How do we describe it, Gigi? Is it a blood match? A a a a really personal battle oh, took yeah. place. Yeah. Shout out to my brother, one of my friends. Uh, just a, you know, he's my guy. Radio B Southpaw Battle Coalition Shout took out. on Red Handed. Gigi's guy. You can introduce. Look, he's Gigi is LOC, right? You can introduce Red Handed. That's right, my guy. Red Handed, Richmond legend. <laughs> Battle rap. I like Red Handed. You know what I'm saying? I like his style. I like him. I will say this. They had an epic battle uh, that was just, uh, it was just, again, I thought it was a little bit too personal in my mind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Personal. It was a little bit too personal. But what I will say about this is that that is our music pick. So I've got Radio B just dropped an amazing album, Jesus Never Wore a Suit. It is out now on all platforms. Make sure you check it out. I will play a little bit of Jesus Never Wore a Suit. Uh, as my music pick, my guy, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. I thought he won the battle 3-0, but Gigi Broadway, you talk to me. Who is your Who is your music pick? Who is your music pick? My music pick is Red Handed, who I thought, you know, was the champion of the battle. But, you know, it was a preference battle. It was good. If y'all don't know, Richmond, Virginia has a fantastic, wonderful battle scene. And, um, you know, if you like good music, if you like raps, if you like bars and you've never been to a battle, you have got to go. You have got to go. Shout out to LOC League of Champions, Southpaw, doing big things for the DMV battle scene. And, yeah, let's get these songs. Cool. So in honor of Radio B's 3-0 victory, we're going to play Radio B's Jesus Never Wore a Suit first. Then we'll follow it up. Just jo I'm just joking. Oh my. I'm just joking. Red-handed again. 
I thought he had a, a, a solid performance. You know what I mean? And I like his style. I always have. I actually, I, I like his style a lot. I think he's a good dude. So, with that said, again, you know where I stand. You know where Gigi stands. We're going to play these tracks. And we're going to get out of here, man. Cheats Moon on WRR. Episode 2 is in the books. Make sure you go back and listen to the first two episodes. Uh, give us your emails. Give us your comments. Until next time, we see it. See it. Be the sea. Imagine all the food you reap. Just picture every possibility in the light you drink. Everything you feed. If you believe you are the sea, then you could be your wild. Things I put to it the way I pursue it to make odds the truest. The day I could do it, I fake opportunists. Save me the story about all the odds. I've been defying, I recut the cards. Who shut the doors? Who threw the shade? Who stabbed my back? Who broke my heart? Been through it all. I'm still here. Vision came through in the fog, it's still clear. I'm a paper chaser, I got the block on fire Remaining the team, until the moment I aspire I know what it is, to make some out of nothing By handling bids, without the crying and the suffering Some paper chasers, we got the block on fire Remaining the team, until the moment we aspire We know what it is, to make some out of nothing By handling bids, without the crying and the suffering I'ma remain a gene like a thousand dollars Regardless of the situation, can't cry about it Unless it's definitely one of mine, then I'm right about it Comes through, heat your block and set a fire around it I bought my paper like the times I spat out of the So if it ain't a dollar, I regard it as irrelevant